Well, hi there, and welcome to another episode of Insights with NetSport. I'm Al Kingsley, and after quite a diverse set of conversations today on all sorts of topics, I am really looking forward to chatting with Karen Mitchell, co-founder of Superkind. Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely our pleasure. Um, I think um, it's always nice to have the broadest possible set of conversations we can talk around in terms of skills and experiences we can introduce to our children and learners um, and this is a topic that I'm sure will resonate with many is something that's a really worthwhile area to try and um, increase visibility shall we say within our schools. Um, I do want to unpick a bit about Superkind but I'm going to sort of talk in a broader sense first of all um, without spilling too much of the secret obviously much of what you do is, is built around that that concept of social action and mm. philanthropy so I think I'm interested, particularly with a narrative about, certainly for many in education, we want to broaden the curriculum, broaden our experiences. Education sometimes can be perceived as being too focused and narrow on a certain set of um, core curriculum standards. So what's your perspective in terms of schools and, and should they be integrating more social action and philanthropy into the curriculum or do you see that sitting alongside in the classroom? Yeah, um, well, it's a great question. and it in our view um, and in the view of kind of all the research that's out there, social action is so important to children. Um, you know, we talk about a double benefit because of course, when a child is supporting a cause or a charity, there's a benefit to their community or the cause that they're um, yeah. supporting. But really our focus is on the benefits that it has to the children who are getting involved um, with social action. And we know from all the research that it's huge for children's sense of empathy and tolerance and open-mindedness and leadership. And I think really the key one is agency. Um, and those are such important values for children to have. And, you know, in our view, this should be front and center of the curriculum. There are areas where it fits in um, and there's areas of off-deb framework where it fits in, but it's so important and it's got so much benefit that we really want to see it more front and center. I mean, it's it's of course it's important to teach all the core stuff, but um, you know the children are spending lots of time learning about the internal angles of parallelograms <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um, when I think there's space for this kind of stuff to come in front and center. Well, I mean, some of the conversations we've had recently on, on Insights has, have been around that perception of the what we think of as a fully rounded child when they leave the education journey. And we recognize that the need for those core skills, literacy and numeracy and, and, and an understanding of context around information they have. But we're also seeing more and more pressure from employers for looking for that broader set of skills and experiences and, and that, that sense of um, the child as a whole or that young person, that adult as the whole, as, as well as their, their commitment and buy into community, social, and I think every organization now is reflecting on its own social role it can play. Um, so there's there's clearly some alignment. Do you think events of the last three, four years have 
heightened or increased the need for children to be more aware and get have more pathways where they can engage in social action? I think definitely. And, and I think that's reflected in kind of a range of different ways. And I think on one level, it's that so many causes um, have been brought very close to home. So although our site was originally kind of built around the UN Sustainable Development Goals, um, we also have a section on kind of key issues facing the world at the moment. And it's having to be constantly updated. You know, we've got cost of living crisis and we have Ukraine and we have Black Lives Matter. And there's so many, of course, we had COVID. There's so many big issues that are impossible to hide our children away from. Of course, mm. we've got to talk to them in a way that is right for their age group. But children are seeing this stuff everywhere. And there's a sense of anxiety that can often come with some of these big issues, not to mention climate change, of course, which is the big one growing every year. And as again, the research has shown the antidote to anxiety is having a sense of agency and a sense that, oh, I can have an impact on this. And I think, you know, going back to COVID, we saw incredible things happening where children would create grassroots campaigns or food bank collections or whatever it may be. Um, and that's continued up and down the country. And it's, it's absolutely incredible to see the things that children can achieve. And I think often in our experience, when a child hears about one of these big, scary issues, of course, they want to help. And their first inclination is, you know, how do I help? And so I think equipping them with the tools so that they can have that sense of agency and yeah. genuinely make a difference is really important. And as you said, it's, it's growing importance every, in importance every year. No, I mean, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, and I always like the fact that many initiatives provide an opportunity for greater community engagement, which I think is so core to, to many of our of our schools. I, I'm just interested as well, given the breadth of topics, and, and we'll come on to the, the more structured parts of, of Superkind in, in, in due course. Um, but in the bigger picture, do you think, in a way, looking at projects that involve social action and philanthropy there's a way or it gives an opportunity for teachers to bring challenging topics into the classroom it provides that kind of entry point to have the conversation around it definitely definitely because yeah as i said there's no hiding from a lot of these topics kids are going to hear them in the playground or at home or see them on the news or the radio and it's really important that we meet children with you know the sort of respect and openness that they deserve but not in a way that creates a sense mm. of desperation or you know it, it should be all about empowerment um and that isn't entirely entirely possible um if children are engaged in a meaningful way no absolutely and i'm also interested I, i've seen certain um particular strands that have been picked up in recent projects but do you think the un sdgs are sufficiently visible in our schools it, not really in my experience um i understand you know every school has got its limitations um and it's tough to always teach in a kind of cross-curricular way um but i think often they could be paid lip service to but actually you know it's really easy and very engaging if done in the right way with the right thought to bring them in in a cross-curricular way and i think they can provide a really cohesive way to teach themes to children i guess i probably should have started by saying 
do you agree that there should be greater visibility of the SDGs within our yeah. education framework? I mean, I that's do. probably just as important I, question. I, I do. You know, they're not perfect, but I think as uh, an idea that people can recognise and get behind and, you know, provide a core, we spent a lot of time trying to think about how to structure our educational content. And ultimately, we concluded that the SDGs were the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's um, that sound, and and I guess evidence is always about that that trajectory. We're seeing more and more projects linked around SDGs that give children an opportunity to engage in topics that perhaps otherwise might be considered. Well, that's something you can pick up when you're a bit older, or will rely on your parents to cover. Or, you know, I don't think it's lack of will. Sometimes it's just capacity and and yeah, how absolutely. how things are seen to be aligned with the curriculum. That often is the challenge. So if um, if we set some of our schools a bit of a task right now about implementing some kind of social action project work yep. within the, the, the class, what would be your top tips other than mm. the checkout super kind? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's all about agency. Um, yeah. We were when we were building Superkind, we worked with um, some academics, and particularly a lady called um, Dr. Alison Body at the University of Kent, who's probably the UK's kind of leader in terms of thinking about philanthropy in children. And her research showed that if children engage meaningfully in social action when they're younger than ten, they're twice as likely to have a to be habitually charitable and philanthropic when they're grown up. So we know that it's really important to engage children at this age. And the key thing is around making it meaningful and what that means. And her research said that it's about children knowing where their money's going, understanding the cause. Sorry, I say money, but it could be, you know, their time or, um, yep. uh, you know, their efforts are going, uh, understanding the cause uh, and then having agency, choosing it. Um, and what we've seen is that it's all very well children going into school and putting a pound in the bucket for a particular cause that maybe there'll be a short assembly on and the children not really engaging that's been chosen for them it's completely different if a child is able to choose the cause they most care about and then choose a response that matches their interests and passions and so what we've seen is that, you know, of course, some children, you know, love the idea of fundraising for animals and it really lights their fire. But other children, I mean, my son is, I'm sure he's going to be an inventor when he grows up. He, he you know, he loves that kind of sciencey um, side of things. And we've got children on our site who, a 12 year old girl who invented a, uh, you know, solution to dirty water. Um, you know, you can water was her area of passion and she was really good at science you know there's so many different ways that social action can take place and doing it in a way that matches up to you know children's passions really works well yeah. and i think it seems really hard to do that in the context of the classroom but i think if you have the right structures in place it's not and that's what can make all the difference yeah, it makes sense. And you've also touched on the fact that obviously, you know, this is not the realm purely of our older learners within the education journey, that, that younger learners can engage in, in particular subjects and topics that can be made accessible to them. How do you see the role of parental engagement in projects uh, yeah. and, and providing an opportunity for parents to share their own ideas and experience? Because sometimes the driver for this is about aligning 
activities with one's own lived experiences, whether yeah. it's to identify how fortunate they are or actually to identify that it's something that's really important to the, their own community. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and that last point being key that social action can be, you know, taking the form of helping others um, because you are very fortunate, but also it can be in the form of, uh, you know, claiming agency for your own lived experience. And we've been in schools where we've talked about, you know, writing a letter to local politicians as a form of social action. And the teachers tell us, you know, our children don't even feel that they have the right to make contact with someone like a local politician. And so it goes really far upstream. It's, you know, it's about teaching children in the first instance that, you know, they do, ha they can have agency and inspiring them with stories of children who, you know, look like them and come from backgrounds mm. like them um, to show that, you know, anyone can make a difference and you can make a difference. It's about making a difference to your own situation and your own lived experience as much as it might be helping others. To go back to your question about parental involvement, I think it's a virtuous circle really in that parents can encourage this kind of thinking and behavior amongst children at home but also children can come home and bring these ideas to parents as well um, yeah. and when we initially built our site although we're mainly a schools platform now we've designed everything so that children can dip into it on their own uh, at home as well or during the summer holidays the key thing for us was that a child should should be able to do this stuff on their own and not have the agency taken away from them. And of course, you know, I've got young children, I'm not gonna let them loose on the internet researching every type of terrible cause and charity. So it's really important to have that content in a walled garden, in a, you know, a way that you know is safe and appropriate. Um, and of course, it's a topic that parents can spend time with children on and talk about dinner table or whatever it might be. Uh, but we don't want children to be completely reliant on parents to be able to learn about things and to take action themselves. Um, I guess the one area that parents can help as well is sometimes putting pressure on schools to, you know, the PTA to, you know, do more or to if a school's not doing a, you know, harvest collection or whatever it might be. Sometimes all it takes is a parent to ask the question for a school to implement it. Absolutely. And, and, and activities, projects coming together on good causes can often be a really important and cohesive glue within a within a school co across the cohorts as well, uh, a common target or or action. I think I, I mean I'm I'm really conscious the parents part for me was really important because I mean, we saw significantly, particularly during the uh, the last few years, that that learners who had close parental engagement, particularly in the early years through key stage one and two that parental engagement can have a significant positive impact on a child's learning journey. Uh, but sometimes we also forget that often our children can be the best educators of our parents on some topics. It's quite, it's quite a two way street depending on, on, on the narrative and discussions. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I, one thing I suppose that we've tried to mitigate against is what we found in schools is that often, because there's not many resources out there to teach social action to younger children in particular, um, we found that the extent to which a school engaged in social action was largely dependent on whether there was a particular teacher who was really passionate about it and would effectively give up their own time to you know, scout the internet and pull these resources together and do a lesson plan, et cetera. And so some schools would you know, deliver it really well and other schools might not have a teacher who had that area of passion and then we see the same thing with children. You know, sometimes it's something that their parents are really 
interested in and have been teaching them about for a long time. Um, and sometimes that's not the case. And we really wanted to create a resource that would just make it easy for all schools and all families and all children to be able to implement this, to you know, take away that need to do lots of digging or you know, scouring around yeah. here or pouring the kind of tools together. And hopefully it can be something that any, you know, any child or any teacher who, who wants to engage in this will find it much easier to learn about these issues and learn how they can have an impact. Uh, absolutely. And, and you've given us a fairly good flavour as we've been talking about some of these opportunities that we can use to broaden experiences for our children. Um, as a school leader or a, a trust leader, um, or frankly, just a classroom teacher, and I shouldn't use the word just, but it doesn't have to be on a grand scale sometimes. Social action can be very, very, very much a small cohort of students um, wanting to be supported with a particular area of passion. Um, often the biggest barrier is time. It's yeah. capacity within for the leaders to research, make sure anything they empower or share with their students is safe, is appropriate, and in some cases, depending on the topic, is accurate factually as yeah. well. Uh, and there's perhaps sometimes a fear that, that without the right time to do the correct research, that puts a barrier to it. In that sense, Superkind is your social action projects in a box ready to go. Yeah, that's exactly it. Everything I you said. summarized you a bit harshly there. Ken. No, 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 you, you're, you're spot on. Every we we been described as a sort of one-stop shop for social action, and everything that you just described in terms of the barriers to implementing it are what we've tried to overcome. You know, make make the content engaging, make it safe, provide a framework to easily bring it into the classroom to tie it into the curriculum. Um, you know, to take away as many difficult touch points for teachers as possible. Um, and often it's going on already in school. You know, of course, a lot of this stuff is being taught and schools are doing stuff, but uh, having a framework around it, common language and streamlining it can really make a difference to the sense of engagement uh, that children have. And so, you know, perhaps it's as simple as rather than just everything being off as a kind of scattergun, um, you know, Superkind has tools for teachers to log everything on the system and give kids award children badges when they carried out social action. And then they've got a database of what social actions have happened over the year and which kid has done what. And, you know, sometimes it's just bringing that all together in a cohesive way that can really make it a lot more meaningful to everyone involved, including the teachers. Absolutely. And thinking of school leaders across the country, one of the areas that we're really, really conscious of is is that equity and inclusivity within our schools. So thinking about projects with very different school communities and cohorts yeah. across the country, how have you engineered that breadth in there to make sure, for want of a better term, there's something for everybody there yeah. in terms of the, the choices? Yeah, it's such an important question. So we have 12 different types of social action on our website. Only two of them require any sort of financial backing whatsoever so you know one of them being fundraising and one of them being yeah. donating you know donating your old toys to charity shop or something like that all the other 10 from volunteering to writing a letter to raising awareness um whatever it might be require you know nothing in terms of finances um because that is absolutely key and it's really important that social action isn't seen as something for people in a position of privilege or you know whatever whatever it might be you know wealthy schools who can afford to fundraise or you know um so 
that's a big focus of ours. Um, I already talked as well about making sure that children see examples of people from their own backgrounds. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that can be national or economic or racial or gender, um, or even, you know, as I was talking before, in terms of the things that they're interested in. Um, it's really important to show a wide range of other children who have had an impact because, you know, every child brings something to the table. Um, and, you know, it's incredible what can be achieved. And I think it's really important when we're talking about the whole child and active citizenship and also character development, that this is a really big string to the bow of children. And that could be someone from a privileged background who is engaging in a lot of social action and is going on to secondary school and can show in their interviews that they're, you know, very well rounded and they've engaged in lots of kind of ex external stuff or it can be children learning you know who maybe aren't doing too well in the classroom but learning oh my you know i'm amazing at organizing a five-a-side football game um you know and raising awareness for a particular issue or you know whatever it might be it's a really great way for children to bring a sort of non-academic strings to their bow absolutely oh, well i'm sure everybody listening is going to find it very difficult to disagree that there isn't some significant value and benefit to, to to our classrooms to bring in the opportunity for for more positive social action and give our children an opportunity to reach out and engage in topics that extend beyond their immediate vicinity which is also important in terms of building horizons and, and visibility and understanding of other more challenging topics for teachers school leaders listening in parents for that matter who have a particular interest how can they find out more uh, and, mm -hmm. and and join the super kind um solution <laughs> so um the website is superkind.org and there's a wide range of ways that schools can get involved the main way um that we encourage schools to get involved is that we run something called the social impact schools award and the aim of that is to recognize schools who are already doing a great job um, at bringing social action into their classrooms, but also to kind of encourage and incentivize schools who maybe have wanted to do more but haven't sort of found the time um, by providing that kind of external recognition of it, which we know is important to parents and inspectors and staff and even, you know, the children. Um, so that's we give lots of resources to schools and support them on a month by month basis to help them implement social action across the year. Um, and then hopefully at the end of the year, they've got this award to show that they are a school that cares about social, you know, social action and making a social impact. So that's a great entryway. But we have loads of free resources, um, be it pages uh, all about the UN SDGs or current issues of the day, like we talked about, all of these yeah. case studies of young children who have made amazing differences, and then we've got our toolkits on these different types of social actions um, to empower children, kind of hold their hand on how to, you know, for example, how do you write a letter? Where do you find your local MPs contact details? What format does a letter take? Um, we've got lots of lesson plans tied into different areas of the curriculum. And then we also have, for those schools that do engage in fundraising, we uh, built the world's only fundraising platform for children under 13. Uh, so schools can't use just giving or GoFundMe, etc., because the children have to be 13 or over because they handle the G GDPR and the data privacy yeah. in a completely different way. So often children, uh, schools are using pen and paper and children are 
bringing in money in their bags and teachers got to count and half the donations don't turn up and there's no gift aid applied and all that sort of stuff. So we've built a platform that can legally be used by schools and it's fun for children and they can earn badges and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's the only one that exists in the world at the moment um, for children under 13. So schools who do want to fundraise, that's a great, you know, it's free for schools to use. And it's, um, it's again, it's just a way to make sure that children are keeping the agency and they don't have to go home to mom and dad and say, oh, can you make me a, you know, fundraising page on this no. site? So that's, that's, yeah, I probably should have. We probably should have led with that at the start of our conversation because, for me, that's something you know really important. We're always looking at ways for to simplify the process whalst empowering the students to, to for that agency. So I think the more we can do that and remove the the logistical barriers, the better yeah. all around. But I know schools, rightly and increasingly so now, are very aware and sensitive to data protection, data privacy, particularly for our younger learners, and so anything that removes some of those fears and concerns has got to be a win. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a funny one for us because we're really proud of it and it's taken two years to build it. Um, and it's working really well for schools. But at the same time, as we've talked about, you know, we don't want to come on and only talk about fundraising because yeah. social action is so broad and fundraising, you know, the very concept of fundraising in this day and age, I know will turn off a lot of head teachers and they'll say, you know, we, we you know, we, we, we can't afford, you know, our children can't afford to fundraise or our parents or our school, but schools can use the platform for themselves as well. They can easily be added as a good cause or charity. Um, so any events that they do to raise money for the school or for the PTA, they can use Superkind as well. Perfect. Well, like all good platforms, it's about giving schools choice. And sometimes the small things grow over the years into bigger projects and bigger opportunities as well, don't they? So yeah, that's absolutely. really good. Karen, listen, thank you so much for joining us and sharing uh, some of your insights on Superkind and just the broader value and benefit to, to thinking of others a bit more within our school system. So, Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really good to talk about it. My pleasure. And anyone listening, please do check out superkind.org and all the links and details from this conversation will be shared at the bottom of the respective platform as well. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.